Hi there, and welcome to Vet Talk. Um, today, I have my husband slash producer, Topher, with me, and we are going to do what we th- I think is going to be the first in a, in a series of communication-themed uh, talks. Specifically, uh, I think we're going to focus on client communication, and we'll see. Maybe we'll branch off into other things, um, depending on how it goes. Um, so thanks for, for being here. Yeah. Um, okay, so this was Topher's idea. Um, so to remind everybody, um, I am an emergency critical care um, specialist in veterinary medicine, and Topher is not. Nope. Don't do <laughs> so anything in vet med. He's not a veterinarian. He's just married to one. Um, so he, <laughs> yeah. So he and he he's he likes to play with the sound buttons <laughs> when we record podcasts. Yeah, we just got them. They're fun. Um. So, but you have, you know, your own like ideas about, you know, yeah, what happens. Yeah, I've married to one for a few years. So. Well, and then you used to like, you know, have pets and stuff. When you were a kid, you guys would go to the vet and yeah. all that good stuff. So you have, you have some idea of what goes on. But and I've worked in like Lowe's and retail places, uh, customer food service. places. So I know what we do with customer service and how you're supposed to talk to people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's probably a lot that's the same, but there's probably some important differences. But so rather than, obviously, client communication is a huge topic. Um, And so we're, rather than try to tackle it all in one show, um, we were going to focus on um, kind of if you're new to this, um, say, you know, maybe you're new to clinics or, you know, new to, you know, you just graduated recently and and this is something you're still trying to figure out. So we're going to, we're going to start today. I think we we decided we would talk about kind of introducing yourself to clients and, and just the initial establishing yeah, the of first trust. things you should do. Yeah. And, and uh, the other thing I should probably kind of let everyone know is that, um, you know, I am an emergency critical care specialist. I've been in practice for like a decade or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're great. What is that one? Is that it's supposed to be crickets, but it doesn't sound very oh, good. Oh, okay. It sounded more like birds chirping. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, so I've, I've, you know, been working for a bit. Um, I've also done some additional, like, communications training. So um, that Bayer Health Communication Series, that's like a week-long immersive thing. So I've done a little bit. I'm not the expert in communication. And so, um, you know, if if you're out there and you're like, well, I learned from so-and-so, I'm not saying that I'm the be-all and end-all. This is mostly mostly from the trenches with a little bit of additional Empirical training. Data. Yeah, exactly. But but a little bit of, hey, I've done some particular training and, and so I'll, I'll throw in some tips and tricks that I've learned over the years are from additional training. So, okay, well, let's get to it. Yeah, so I guess the, the first thing is like the, the client walks through the door, talk to the front desk, blah, 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 blah. They wait for a half hour and then they're in the room and you finally show up. What do you say to them? Ta-da! <laughs> no, that's never what I say. So um, one thing is, I think, important because depending on, like, different hospitals have, like, different standards for, like, okay, the techs wear scrubs that are in this color and students wear this color and doctors wear that. Yeah, because when you're in Florida, they, uh, I think when you started, you wore, like, formal wear, but then... Formal wear. I was not, not formal, in a like, gown. Like I was a, professional wear. Professional yeah. wear. But not scrubs. But not scrubs. But uh, then they had a, they changed a thing. They rules. changed it so that, that everybody wore scrubs, but you all wore the same scrub. So it's like... Right. So, like, technicians would wear royal yeah. blue there, and then, like, doctors were supposed to wear navy blue, but... Which is the same when I walk in. You're all wearing Oh, scrubs. that's funny. Yeah. And then students wore whatever. So they could wear navy blue, royal blue, purple, green, yeah. patterned. And then some people... Yeah. So... And it would reflect in the, the comments. They would be like, oh, the student told us this. And right. it's like, that is a... 
right. a resident who's been a doctor for four years. Yeah, I think people have additional trouble when they're in an academic setting. Yeah. Like clients struggle a little bit because there's different roles and they don't understand that like somebody in training might still actually be a qualified doctor and maybe even have more experience than your primary veterinarian when you go to. But even in, in a, a general practice setting, um, I think it's really important... Not that we're trying to establish a hierarchy, but clients, well, it's, nice to know it's a when perception you're, of value. Am I talking to the doctor? Or am I talking to, right. a, it's like when I go to like yeah. a human doctor, am I talking to a real doctor? Am right. I talking to, or am I talking to a full doctor, not a real doctor? Yeah. Or am I talking I'm to a, a PA or am I talking to a nurse right. or am I talking to like a someone who's not even or, a nurse? Yeah. 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 So um, a very simple way to take care of this is to, you know, this is, we're assuming we're either post COVID or pre-COVID here. Um, so mm-hmm. when people could interact in person, I walk into a room, you know, knock on the door. I, you know, do my best to pronounce the person's last name. Um, you know, hello, Mr. Conlin. Um, I'm Dr. Connor. And it, like, that's how I introduce myself. Um, so with a client, I am going to say, I am Dr. Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will introduce themselves by their first name. Um, I Different advice from different people. I personally like to, because again, I think it can be confusing. You meet a lot of people. And a lot of times by the time um, clients have met me, they've, like you said, they've talked to reception. They maybe have talked to a technician um, for triaging. And then, so I want to establish, you are now talking to the doctor. Mm -hmm. Do you tell them that you're a specialist in any way? It depends. Um, It depends on the circumstances. Um, Sometimes I will say, you know, um, I'm one of the emergency critical care specialists here, or I'm an emergency doc. I just, eh, whatever. I kind of wing that. If if I've heard that this person is like already upset about something, then I might let them know, like, this is who you're talking to. Yeah. Add more Um, letters, the more upset they are. (laughs) Yeah. I never give letters. I never say that, but they don't, nobody knows what that means. Um, So that's not a, a big thing that I'm worried about, but I am Dr. Connor. I am the doctor who's doing this. And I, I might say it a few different times too. Um, like not repeatedly. I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor. I'm the, I don't, I don't do that. But I mean, um, when I'm explaining the process, cause that's the next part that I typically do is I think it's really, really important. Um, and the reason we're doing this communication series, right, is when there are issues, it usually comes down to a breakdown in communication. It's not that you didn't do a good job as a doctor or a technician or whatever. It's that our communication broke down. And so, in order to avoid those, I like to manage people's expectations. Um, so I start my spiel when I come in and I say, hey, I'm Dr. Connor. Here's what's going to, here's what's, here's, let me summarize what's happened so far. And then let me tell you, you know, a brief summary of what's going to happen. So at this point, I've heard a little bit about um, from the technician or the student or whoever, um, or I understand that this is your primary concern. Um, I'm going to summarize that. And then I'm going to talk to you about, you know, what my thoughts are on that, what the plan is going to be. And then we'll, we'll have a discussion about where we go from here. Um, and then I'll pause, you know, does that make sense? Do you have questions about things at that point? Um, and I think that helps people to know, um, you know, so when you're talking to them, they're not thinking three steps ahead. Well, when are they going to get to this? When I've told you we're going to, this is the order we're going to do things. And I think people are more likely to pay attention to me because I've told them, Step yeah, they have one. a checklist now. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, you're going to repeat some other things. And I said, I know you just gave the history to so-and-so, but I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, to you know, summarize it briefly and then ask some additional questions to clarify things, give you a chance if there's something you forgot. Um, and then I'm going to talk through you know, where I think we are. Um, then we'll, we'll talk about where do we go from here. I mean, so it's not like yeah, I how spend do you do with that when you, um, So you're going in and you're essentially kind of asking for the same stuff again. How do you deal with that when a client's kind of like, I just told somebody everything. Why, why did I talk to that person 
if mm-hmm. now I have to tell you it all again. Yeah. And some people will say something very similar to that. Um, and uh, a couple things, like uh, I work in a teaching hospital. And so I say, well, part of it is the teaching process, but also it's efficient. We were able to get that history um, while I was doing something else. And so somebody else was able to come in and kind of get that process started. Um, the other thing is it gives you as the client an opportunity to kind of think about things. Like if you give, because um, it's... It almost always happens that the story the client gives to the student or the technician, whoever gets the history first, they're going to think of something else by the time they come mm-hmm. and talk to me. Or they'll ask their kid. And their kid will yeah, or the kid will come happens. in and be like, uh, actually, mom, this is this is what happened. You were wrong. Um, or sometimes, you know, if they came in, they'll have a chance to call a partner or something like that. Hey, they were asking me about this, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Check on that. So it's an opportunity to double check things. It's also an opportunity for me to clarify. So usually if I've been given the history, I'll go back and I'll talk to a client and say, okay, this is my understanding of the salient points. I'm not going to repeat every little thing they said, but here's, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. So I understand that, you know, Joey started vomiting two weeks ago. Um, it was infrequent, maybe like every two or three days. And now it's becoming more frequent. You've also noticed that while he was initially still eating, he's now, um, his appetite dropped off and now he's not eating at all. Um, and, and they can be like, yep, that sounds good. Oh, no, no, no. It actually started four weeks ago. And, you know, that's an opportunity to clarify. More often than not, I do a brief summary and they're like, yep, that sums it up pretty good. And most people are happy with that. They're like, cool. You actually did communicate with the person that I told the history to and, and you do you are reasonably up to speed. Um, and, but it's also an opportunity for me to check in. And so that's one of those tricks of communication is um, kind of repeating, um, mm-hmm. you know, reiterating what has been said to say, hey, let's check and make sure we're, we are really on the same page. Yeah. Uh-huh. So now what, um, like if you're introducing yourself to yeah. someone and it's kind of your first steps and, um, say they have a heavy accent or it seems like English is not their first language yeah, or something like that. How do you, how do you make sure that they're understanding you for real without being insulting? Yeah. Um, that's a very good question. So I actually say this to people a lot, um, is that, <laughs> Anybody who listens to the podcast may have noticed that I talk fast. <laughs> I talk rather quickly. Um, and most people don't seem to have a huge problem with this. But if English isn't your first language, you're going to struggle with that more. Or um, if you have like a hearing impairment for some reason, that might be more of a struggle. Um, so one thing I will just, I'll just put that out there. I'll tell people, I'll be like, okay, here's what's going to happen. You know, or sometimes I'll do it at the beginning. Sometimes I'll do it at the end. I'll say, I know I talk really fast. Usually at the end, I'll be like, okay, I just said all those things. I know I talk really fast. Um, so what questions do you have? Um, and this is a cool little trick I learned years ago. This was actually in the, um, the health communication seminar. Uh, well, it was like a week long immersive thing that I did and asking somebody, do you have any questions is a closed ended question, right? Do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes or no. Asking you what questions do you have is actually an open-ended question. And it, it also, like, psychologically, I think, sends the signal to somebody, you should have questions. What are they? Yeah, that was one of the things that I would train with us at uh, Lowe's. It's like, yeah. you don't ask what a customer yeah. if you need help. You ask yeah. the customer, what are you in for? Yeah, or what can I help you with? Uh, not even what not can even I help that? you with? Because they'll be like, oh, What nothing. are you in for? Like, like, like if you're in prison, yeah, are, what are you in a, for? <laughs> what, is, what project are you working on today? Gotcha. It's, you're supposed to ask. It's not even Do you need a help? question about helping them. It's just yeah. like, why are I'm you here? I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, that is a little, you, obviously you can make that sound, yeah. you know, a little terrifying. Yeah, but, but in a nice way. And then, then you like, it doesn't matter if you stuff. need help. Oh, cool. Well, everything's over there. And then they're like, yep, yeah, I'm good. I got it. Or. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, like, yeah, that is, that's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's those kinds of little tricks. I have noticed. Don't um, let people say, 
Um, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. They have to answer the question. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If you say, you know, what are you in for? And you're like, none of your business. Now you feel like the jerk. They were just being nice. So you kind of have to answer it. Um, I'm just looking around in a hardware store. Liar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, this was one of the things that was one of the small things after the uh, health communication series that I did um, that I was like, this is a change I'm going to make. I'm going to stop saying, do you have any questions? And I'm going to start saying, what questions do you have? And it was a very concerted effort for a while. Um, And I didn't, I mean, I slipped up and I still occasionally do. Um, But most of that's pretty much my norm now is to say, what questions do you have? And I absolutely noticed a difference. Clients are more likely to ask me questions, but also like, it's this really funny phenomenon. If there's more than one person sitting in the room and I say, what questions do you have? They always stop and look at each other. Like, do you have crap? We were supposed to have questions prepared. You know, like not really, they don't like stressed about it, but I do notice that people are like, Oh, I have to ask questions. Like they feel like they, and they think about it for a second. And sometimes they will come up with something. Um, and other times they go, no. Okay. No, I think, and it's funny that, no, you explained everything really well. It's like, well, you know, there was a lot to process. So if something comes up later, don't have, you know, and then how do, this is how you contact me and blah, blah, blah. Um, but people feel where I think, do you have any questions? Feels a lot like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Like I'm asking you a question, but I just, you're There's supposed an to automatic say, response. yeah, you're yeah. supposed to say, fine, everything's good. Um, yeah, if you say something other than that, I was like, what? But it, it gives people pause when I say, what questions do you have? And I, so I found that to be such a small change that I've made, um, but a really powerful one that, that really, I think, impacts um, people. Because I want them to ask questions if they have questions. This is our opportunity um, to do that. So, so I do like that, but it's also an opportunity for me to um, check in. There is another technique that people recommend is to say, hey, okay, I want you to summarize, um, kind of like what I did at the beginning, summarize back to me like what you're understanding of. Of, of what we talked about. Yeah. And while that's that probably seems a is, little rude, it feel, I don't like it. I don't actually yeah. do it. I'm it's, sorry it's if, for people like, who um, recommend it. Like, I don't think you were listening to me. Tell me what you said. <laughs> yeah. It's like a pop quiz. Yeah. Pop quiz. What did I just tell you? Yeah. Um, I've not been able to come up with a way to, to ask people that, that feels natural. And yeah. so I could see asking someone that, um, if you were really concerned about, it's like, I don't think this person or understands what I'm saying. I, I will say when not it works that nicely, they don't understand like, right, right, right. They're done, but it's like, literally they don't know the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> that could be, um, I have had I've had plenty of times where people they they're very upfront like English is not my first language and things like that. I said okay. Usually people are. Yeah, and you say okay. Stop me, interrupt me at any time if you need me to repeat something. I like to have like a dry erase board nearby where I can draw things or I can write things down. If they have somebody who's there like translating, because that that's not mm-hmm. uncommon. Um, if if people really oh, struggle I have with a the language, translator story. It's oh yeah, one, it's my right. one of my worst communication moments. Oh boy, let's hear. So it. I was in the dorm. I was working you were uh, like an RA. Yeah, I was working the desk. Yeah. So checking people in and it was the international student storm. And uh, a French girl comes in and she has a translator mm-hmm. and um, like uh, she's talking and the translator talks and then uh, I respond and I go through the whole thing. And then I realized after I was like, oh, I was talking to the translator oh, the whole yeah. time instead of to the, the person to the you person were actually talking actually to giving the stuff to. That's, that's tough, though, because that is the natural thing. You're yeah. talking to the person who's who can understand you. Um, that's actually a really good trick to make sure the um, to make sure you're looking because. You yeah, look at the person who needs who's receiving the information. The information. You pretend the translator doesn't exist. Yeah. Be rude yeah. to that person. But that's not normal, right? Like, that's not something you deal with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure they're... they're it was the only that. time it ever happened. Yeah? Have you had an opportunity to do it correctly since then? Oh, uh, I was the international storm, so I did it like 30 other times. Oh, but. okay. Was that your first time dealing uh, with the translator? No, that wasn't the first time. That was yeah. just like 
some random time and just, just goofed. Did a bad job. Yeah. Did they fire you after that? No. They they probably they should have. Yeah. But they probably didn't report you. No, she, she couldn't speak English. I'm just teasing. Um, yeah, she didn't know how to report you. Yeah, she couldn't fill out the form. <laughs> Terrible. Okay, so where were we? Uh, so we we're talking just, about yeah, making sure make sure they understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the times when I will ask people, hey, summarize what you know, is if I say, okay, here are the options that you have. You have treatment A, B, or C, and they're struggling. Then I might say, okay, why don't you summarize like your, you know, your thoughts on each of those three mm-hmm. options to me. And that's my opportunity, not necessarily to like quiz you, did you, were you listening, but like, let me, let me understand from your perspective, what are the pros and cons of each of these? And then I can kind of help you through, but I can also use that as an opportunity to be like, actually, that's not quite that your, your understanding of option two maybe isn't mm-hmm. quite right. Um, so if somebody is clearly struggling um, between some options that I've given them, then I will use that kind of repeat back to me how you're doing. I um, mean, I think, you know, we were going to talk a little bit more about establishing trust. Um, oh, we'll say that for next But time. that's okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, this, this works too. Um, but I, I think that's probably one of the biggest and best tips I've ever, I've ever kind of gotten and that I've used and I, I want to share with as many people as possible is just start asking people, what questions do you have? Yeah. I think it's so important. I really do. Um, and I think it's been really beneficial for me in my communication. And it's a little thing. It's one simple thing that you can do and you just try and keep it in your head. And if you, um, you know, you're going to get it wrong sometimes. I definitely did. It was probably a, a good year of me working at it before it became like pretty natural for me to ask what questions yeah, do you cool, have. Yeah, cool, because you have to do it. Yeah, yeah. You have to try it out on people. Well, and I had years and years of of doing it the other way. So mm-hmm. I have to undo that. And again, every once in a while, I'll still find myself say, do you have any questions? But even when I'm teaching, like at the end of a lecture, okay, what questions do you guys have? Yeah. Um, and uh, we get and in a really hurry helps. and then you go to. Yeah, you revert back to like the, the 30 some odd years of doing it one way and then mm-hmm. a, like a couple years of doing it another way. All right. Last um, question. Okay. So it's your first meeting, assuming that you're going to have to talk to them again. Mm-hmm. How do you leave the room? Like you're Usually not sending them out, out the, the door. Path. Oh, wait, what? Like, how do you, how do you end What's the conversation? And it's like, oh, now I'm going to go and you need to either go wait in the waiting room or okay. you need to leave. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you end it? Yeah. So typically I've said, well, what questions do you have? And then mm-hmm. they either ask question, ask a question. I say, okay, well, what other questions do you have? So I keep asking that until they've asked all the questions. Okay. No, we think we're good. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do now. What I'm going to do is, so it's, I kind of ended the way I started it. I'm now going to go back, check on, you know, Joey, and I'm going to do these things. Um, you, and we may have already discussed this, but you have a couple of options. Um, and you're either going to go, so I might already know this cause we may have already talked about it. But you're going to wait in the lobby or you're going to drive home and I'm going to call you and so on and so forth. So I I summarize with what is going to happen now. Um, Here's what I'm going to need you to do. You need to go up front and leave a deposit or you need to wait in the waiting room or you're going to head home and wait for me to call you. So basically, I'm going to say, here's my job moving forward. Here's your job moving forward. And then I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, and then I leave, um, making sure that, you know, we have all the contact information we need, um, that we have, they know how to get a hold of me. I know how to get a hold of them, so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, I like to leave with, again, managing expectations. Here's what I'm going to do. If I have an idea of how long it's going to be, I'll tell them that and repeat that again. Um, if I don't know how long it's going to be, I'll say, it's probably going to be between this and this. If you haven't heard from me in this time, feel free to give me a call. If I suspect it's going to be long, you know, and, and so that's usually, again, what are your expectations for the next steps? Whatever that happens to be. Mm-hmm. And I try to give them that. 
Sometimes if they're leaving their pet, you know, to be hospitalized, I say, okay, depending on what time of day is it, is it early in the day? All right, I'm going to give you a call this afternoon or this evening with an update on how she's doing or, hey, it's in the evening already. I said, you're going to get a call in the morning, probably between this time and this time with an update. Uh, if, uh, if you don't hear from us, assume no news is good news and that your pet is the same or better than the last time we spoke. Um, and tr- I promise if, you know, like people are always nervous about, le- you know, they're leaving their pets in the hospital. So I'll say something reassuring, like, if something changes and, and you know, Joey's not doing it well, I will call you. If it's three o'clock in the morning, I will call you. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard from me, that means we're doing okay. Um, and people are like, yes, please call me or, you know, things like that. Um, so I like to let them know that, um, that no news is good news kind of kind of thing. But also, this is when you, you should expect to hear from us next. Yeah, um, so you kind of like, here's again, your homework and here's what we're yeah, going to do. Yeah, here are the next steps for you. Here are the next steps for me. Go. Yeah. And then now get out. Yeah. Again, I really do think it's all about managing expectations to the best of my ability. I also don't want to set them up with very specific expectations that I can't follow through on. So it also depends. Do I am, am I in control of what happens next? Here's what I'm going to do next. Here's what I don't know about because I've got to go talk to this person or that person. Mm -hmm. And that, but I at least know I can get a hold of you. You know, I'm going to go talk to the surgery team, you know, for example. And um, as soon as I know more, either I or they will call you within this time. Like, you know, because that way if surgery can't call them, I can. I have some control over that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to kind of prepare people a little bit. This is what I know. This is what I don't know. And people are, are fine that you don't know everything that's going to happen next. Just tell them that. And then, you know, but think about what you do have control yeah. over. Don't say, I know everything that's going to happen, but I'm just not telling you yet. I mean, that's obviously what's actually happening, but you got to keep a few cards in your pocket, right? <laughs> um, up your sleeve. Is that, I don't remember how that one's supposed to go. I think that's cheating. Oh, okay. Well, don't cheat. I mean, unless you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, again, manage expectations. That's so important for people and, and keeping clients happy. That's true in all of my communication. I mean, I do that with you, whether you've noticed it or not, uh, <laughs> but um, managing people's expectations, letting them know what, what to expect. Uh, again, you don't have to have all the answers. Just tell them what you know and what you don't, and they will appreciate you for it. Well, cool. I guess we'll do the trust thing and communication part. Too. Yeah, we'll come up with things. So um, yeah, if, if you like this uh, topic in general and you have like specific scenarios that you want to know about um, or you, hey, I'd really like you to talk about this or this is something I'm worried about encountering or this is something I have encountered and this is how I handle it. What do you think? How would you have handled it? Um, send those in to us um, and we can certainly talk about that um, on a future show. Uh, and the way you're going to send those in to us are... Uh, you can reach us on Instagram or Twitter at Vet Journal Club, or you can go to our Gmail, which is Veterinary, veterinary Journal Club, Club at gmail.com. Yes. So, so full, all the all the letters in the in the email, Veterinary Journal Club at gmail.com. And then for the Instagram, it's just Vet Vet. Yep, for Instagram or Twitter, Vet Journal Club. Yep. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Hopefully, you found that a little bit helpful, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Bye. Bye.